Big Wiz takes a shot on air. Why am I taking a shot on air? Because I'm fucking. He's drunk. hammered. You're Molson. I'll, getting I'll done. finish when I get my get my Canadian Molson done. Yeah, bitch. Welcome to your football fantasy. Let's talk about the fucking NFC East. All right, we got to hurry this one up. You know people aren't listening anymore. Yeah, they gave up. Cowboys. Best, best potential value for you. Alan Hearns. Because he is all of a sudden the de facto number one wide receiver on this team. He's being drafted beyond the wide receiver 80. That's going to change. Terrence, Terrence Williams might be the number one. Maybe. But Alan Hearns has just as much a chance, and he's not even being fucking picked. Is, uh, I'm taking him. Is the old tight end still there? What's his name? I mean, what's Witten? Witten. He, he is. He might be value then. Uh, he is being taken at the wide receiver 19. Wide receiver tight end tight 19. 19 is probably yeah. more value. Yeah, maybe. But Alan Hearns might end up the number one on this team, a team that like, does like to throw the ball. And when Dak throws the ball, he likes to throw it deep. Give me your um, most sort of value. So here's the thing. When I got to looking at this, I don't know that I could necessarily find one. Uh, Dak's being drafted at the number 16 quarterback, which I think is I think is pretty good. Why? Um, I'm going to disagree with you. Because he'll, he'll be a top 20 quarterback. They've improved the line. You know, when his offensive line was bad, he lost his left tackle last year, and that's those that four or five game span is when he was sacked like 19 times a game. Uh, he's back. They're fine. I think he'll be okay. 16 is not a, 16 is a streamable quarterback, and I think Dak is a streamable quarterback. Play him against your your uh, your good matchups. Zeke is back in back. He's not on suspension anymore. Correct. Those four games that was a big part of when Dak fell Correct. off. Correct. He's back. Uh, so I think sixteen as a streamable guy. Dak's a streamable guy. So that's about where he should go. Sixteen. Yeah. All right. Uh, Zeke is being drafted at running back four. We both put him at number one yeah. on our list. So he's not overvalued. Nope. There is no receiver on this team anymore that's being drafted higher than wide receiver 66 so obviously none of them are overvalued uh witten's being drafted at tight end 19 he's not overvalued not at all there's probably value there after looking at all these guys i found the most overvalued player on the team you know who it is no dan bailey uh, folks he just referenced a kicker let's and, clarify that yeah. i think kickers should be abolished from fantasy football altogether but but it's getting excited. Dan Bailey is being drafted at kicker eleven. Right. This, it's I can't fucking not say this without laughing. He's being drafted at kicker eleven right now. Okay. He had fifteen field goals last year. <laughs> so I, I researched this. So just to confirm, the most fantasy leagues have twelve teams. Yeah. The the second to last worst kicker being drafted, you think is too high? Overvalued. Here's why. All right. He had fifteen field goals last year. He kicked at a 75% accuracy, which is the worst in his career. Both of those numbers. He finished the kicker 25. 25 last year. I don't fucking care about kickers. Let's stop talking about it. Do you have a better option as most overrated? Um, I probably would have said Dak. I think Dak's a bit overrated. At 16? But I think that's a question. At 16, I mean, you, He's, you, you're he, right. You're running, that, you're running that point where you can take flyers on people. If you're in a two-quarterback league, maybe 16's too high. But yeah. in a one-quarterback league, 16 is somebody that you're streaming, and he's streamable. Yep, agreed. Okay. Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles! Give me your value pick. Uh, that'd be Nelson Aguilar. Okay. Nelson Aguilar is going at number wide receiver 50 right now. Okay, okay. He finished at number 22 in PPR. 
which, by the way, was two spots behind Alshon Jeffrey, who finished at wide receiver 20 last year. And w- Jeffrey's going right now at wide receiver 18. Well, the My thing that scares me about God. Jeffrey, though, is Jeffrey's like on the DL right now with that, that is, uh, his shoulder that's all tore up. He had that surgery. It's it's up to a six-month recovery, which means he's likely to miss the entire offseason. You know what that does for somebody like Aguilar and Wentz as far as their relationship goes on the field? Well, here's the thing that only scares me about Aguilar, okay? 20 points in week one, five, 19 in week five, and 27 in week 13. And after that... Yeah, wildly inconsistent. Wildly inconsistent. But eight touchdowns, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, 4.7 targets per game in the first half of the season versus 7.125 in the second half, which tells me uh, you know, that he's he's developing... As a, I think he's a third-year wide receiver, but he's he was yep. injured his whole for entire first year. So he's developing slowly. He's put he's proving to the coaching staff and proving to Carson Wentz that he deserves targets. That doesn't you know you don't increase by two and a half targets a game unless you're proving to somebody uh, that you're doing it. To me, I think the value here is that you know we were talking about guys like um, who, who are fucking terrible who we despise guys like Deshaun Jackson. There's yeah. a lot more value in Nelson Aguilar. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. At wide receiver 50, here's a number that I really like, which seems a little counterintuitive. In the first half of that season, when he was four and a, four point, four and three quarters targets per game, uh, he was his targets were at 9.9 yards downfield. So they were throwing it to him at 10 yards downfield. In the second half of the year, they were throwing it to him at 5.8 yards downfield. Okay? So his targets were shorter targets. Seems counterintuitive that that's a positive number, but the reason to me that's a positive that it's a positive number is that in the beginning of the year, he was a specific role guy. They were using him as a deep threat. They were throwing it to him downfield. At some point in the year, halfway ish through the year, he proved to that coaching staff and the quarterback that he can do more than just run downfield and take the top off a of defense. Okay, I they started throwing. He started running routes better. You don't throw it to a guy at five and a half yards unless he's running good routes, making good separation. So he's he's getting open. He's proving to the quarterback that he's somebody that's that's uh, safe to throw it to in the middle of the field at short distances. To me, that's important. I expect Algalore's targets to go up significantly next year from this year. And you know how I feel about targets. <laughs> Period. And again, I want to repeat what you said. Jeffrey is not going to be there at all. This offseason. That's terrifying. Every fucking practice and, and Jeff, snap. And Jeffrey, in terms of fantasy, is a fantasy dream receiver. He produces when he's on the field. Sure. But if he's not there, that's disheartening. But he's always me. been injured. Yeah. He's, has he played 16 ever? Um. Yeah, when he was with the Bears, he did. But he was always... Like, one time? Well, he was always that goofy one where he's playing with his, his half leg and stuff. Yeah. I, I love the I love Aguilar this year. I love the fact that every practice snap that Carson Wentz take as he, takes as he comes back will be to Aguilar rather than Jeffrey. You can take that shot, bro! No, I'm not taking the shot. Shots! I'm actually just going to drink out of the bottle. That's the same fucking thing. It smells really good, folks. Aguilar is one of the better values for me, period, in fantasy football going into the year. There you go. There you go. Damn Irish, right? Yeah. That tasted great, folks. Who's your value? I'm going to go with J.H.I. What? Yeah. Wow! Um, That's brave. It is brave. I mean, he's currently going 18. Is that right? I'll double check while you talk. So, suppose he's going 18. Um, that's what my numbers state. Um, that's high, that, bro. That, that is high. 
That's what tier th- start tier three running backs two, probably. Two. Bottom two, top three. Um, Legarrette Blunt's not there anymore. I know that you're you're you have that. You have that I got him at nineteen. You have that erotic relationship with that back, the third string running back there that you really have. Corey a, Clement. Yeah, you prefer to put some fingers in his asshole. You probably. watched the Super Bowl. Yeah, I did. JJ ran over. The Patriots, folks, ran over them. I bet Clement's asshole's clean. I'd put I don't there. have a lot of stats on JHI because he played half the time in Miami and then got traded. But he produces when he plays. And all, and all his numbers, that's what I like about JHI. Dude, look at two years ago. How many 200-yard games did he have two years Ridiculous ago Ridiculous high amounts. Jesus. Um, so that's why, I, that's, why again, I, that's why I drafted him. Sure it is. Fuck yeah! He, he almost won me that year. Yeah, that year. I mean, I'm. I mean, when he was win in Philly, he had you know games that had 15, 12, 14 carries at seventy eight, fifty, fifty two, ninety one yards. Yeah. Um, not a ton of TDs to be honest with you. Only one TD last year. Terrible. Um, I guess we'll see. Honestly, it's really gonna depend on where where he's actually gets strapped to that. Keep an eye on him. There's, I mean, va- there's value there and because of the amount of points that the Eagles produce. He, I'll say this about him, okay? For a guy that halfway through the year changed teams, had to learn an entire new offense before. And he and still had produced. To play, and had to play in a backfield where they were very clearly in Philadelphia split and carries. Correct. He, was, he had the 16th most carries in the league last year. He shut up and produced is what he did. Now he's got a whole offseason. To really nail down this offense, he's had a half a year to nail down this offense. You have to imagine his his opportunity number is going to go up. He's going to get more carries. Well, that I mean, for two reasons: Blunt's gone, and Carson Wentz is coming back from a torn ACL. So they're not going to have him yeah. run around, right? All right, most overvalued. Most overvalued on this team. For we me, agree on this one. It's, it's got to be Carson Wentz. Not even close. Carson Wentz had a great fantasy year last yeah. year. It was a good NFL year. 33 TDs, I believe. He was, he, he was on a team that had an offense that was so fucking prolific that, you know, he, he did a great job on the offense, but as a fantasy quarterback, he was he was way better than than as an NFL quarterback. He scored... He a, was a wet dream last year. He, he threw a touchdown on 7.5% of his passing attempts. Wet well, dream. That's fourth best in the past decade. Only Peyton Manning did better than that more than one time. He didn't play the last three weeks to finish t- in fourth in my league. Yeah. Carson Wentz is not Peyton Manning. He's not going to throw a touchdown every 7% of his passes again. No. He didn't throw a lot of passes, in fact. His passing attempts were right in the middle of the... Oof. <laughs> right in the Tweez. middle... Hey, hey, folks. We got a garbage can. Tweez nuts just barfed. Puked in my mouth. It's fine. He was right in the middle of the league in pass attempts. You have to expect that touchdown number to regress back to the mean somewhat in the league. He was 14th. In average yards per game. So again, it's, it's that touchdown number that did it for him last year. Yeah, 100%. And you have to expect that to change. Well, I think they're still going to produce points. I, I just don't think they're going to just do it on Carson Wentz. Here's back. a number. Do you know that he was 26th best quarterback in completion percentage? That sounds good. It's not great. I'm not trying to say that Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback. You know, I made a lot of bets that are still outstanding that he was going to be a better player than Jared Goff because I believe in Carson Wentz. I just don't believe him as a quarterback three, which is where he's going. That's I think we both like Carson Wentz, just not at three. And remember, this episode's not about how good or bad a player is. It's how, how valuable a player is at where they're going in your draft. So, so if we stop there for, for, for five seconds, maybe what we're trying to tell the fantasy listeners right now for fantasy football 
a lot depends on the value you can get at at whatever draft your 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 whether it's snake or auction. Yeah, great example. Let's talk a second about that and Carson Wentz. In your auction draft, yeah, uh, how much would you be willing to spend on him versus some of the top tier one, two, or three quarterbacks? So like Cam Newton. Aaron Rodgers. How much would you spend on Aaron Rodgers? How much would you spend on Carson? So well, I would tell you in my auction draft, all the quarterbacks' values fell last year dramatically. Sure. Or or dramatically, combination yeah. of dramatically and drastic. Yeah. You don't, if you um, explain, if you have to explain it, it ain't it, it ain't okay. Quarterback heavy. Uh, I would probably spend Rodgers thirty, Wentz twenty. Um, twenty. Wow, that's a lot higher than I expected you to say. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, again, I, I still like quarterbacks. I value my quarterbacks. Would you put like a, an Andrew Luck, who if he plays, I think he's going to be better than Wentz? Uh, I would draft him at eight, nine, ten dollars, maybe, maybe. Uh, so you like Wentz better? No, I think what terrifies me about I think Luck has a way higher upside. I'm just terrified of Luck. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, he didn't so, play last year. So I'll tell you, um, for me, where would you I'm, snake draft if, if, in a snake? I would if I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers, I might be willing to take him in the fifth round. Okay. Uh, if I'm taking Wentz, ninth. I wouldn't take him any higher than the ninth. Which means I'm not getting him in any. Right. Of my yeah, you leagues. wouldn't get him either way. Uh, let's move on. Giants, New York Giants, best value. This is a fucking ridiculous pick by you, but oh, I, I, I'll Hang bet on, the folks. world. Hang on, he's got to clean his pants up again. Who I'm going to say here? And. Running back number 61 coming off the boards right now. My favorite value pick, Wayne fucking Gallman, baby. What do you do when they get Barkley? I cry a lot. (laughs) Look, I have a little bit of statistic to tell you. I don't have to say a lot because I've said a lot already about Wayne Gallman in my time. Give me your four stats. Wayne Gallman was a top 24 fantasy running back in three of the last four games. Each of those games... He got at least seven targets. I've said this before. Odell Beckham wasn't there. At the end of the season, when Hull was lost, they did throw it to Gallman some. My my estimation is that they were trying it out to see how it worked, and it fucking worked. Pat Shermer, new coach over there, we know he loves a running back that catches the ball out of the backfield. To me, Wayne Gallman is that guy. He proved in a very small sample, I'll admit, that he can do that. Top 24 fantasy running backs whenever he got at least seven targets. I think he's the third down back regardless, almost regardless of who they draft. So to me at running back 61, give me that value all fucking, I will buy a Wayne Gallman jersey if I can get him on any of my fantasy rosters. Okay, so I'm going to give you Sterling Shepard again, which I've repeatedly stated in numerous yeah. episodes now. Why do we talk about the Giants so um, much? Well, because we're talking about value. You know, my Sterling Shepard's going for 45. You know, my sister-in-law loves the New York Giants. Loves them. Good. Loves them. We love your sister-in-law. Do Glad we brought her up. She's the best. Yeah, she is. I hope she's listening to this. Maybe you can send her it. Um, Sterling Shepard again, because he's good. I think her because fiance, he's... I think her fiance listens. Good. Thank God. Yeah. So His we... name is Dorian. Nice job, Dorian. My kids call him almost Uncle Dorian. Almost? Yeah. Because they're, fi- they're engaged. What happens if they break it up? Mmm. A break chases heart. Okay. Move on. So he's he's receiver number 45. We're talking about the last time with, with Cam Merritt at 46. Sterling Shepard last last year, again, I'm going to give you the same stats I gave you previously. 59 reception, 84 targets. Not very good, but he had 70, 70% catch rate. Which, which is, is a lot fucking, better than Devin Funches at which 50. Which is fucking, we're talking about catch rates. It's fucking fabulous. 70 is great. That's in the tight end range. Um, 12 yards per reception. Which is good. 
more targets. He had more targets in 2016 when Beckham was there, folks. What that tells me is that Beckham gets a double coverage. This guy gets open. He's worth. This is this is tier four, tier three. I take him as my two, my late two, top three all day long. I do love Sterling Shepard. Always have. Uh, he's a he's a he's, he's a, a good receiver. He's a very talented receiver. Yeah, I like this pick at forty five. You're right. There's a lot of value to be had there. The fact that he was injured last year is going to drive his value uh, up because his draft stat, draft uh, position is going to go down. We know that's going to happen. So yeah, draft him. Okay. Draft both of these guys. Yeah, I'm not so most so- overvalued. I've got Evan Ingram. Yeah, I've got Evan Ingram because there's no one else there. Ingram's going as a tight end five. This right is now. fucking insane. Just let's be clear: the number one receiver in fantasy football is Odell Beckham. Well, it's it's Antonio Brown, but because Antonio Brown's the best. Have you ever seen the show Bookaboo? <laughs> no. It's a kid's show on Netflix. Last week you said that Antonio Brown was an asshole. He is an asshole. Go watch his episode of Bookaboo on Netflix. He's an asshole, folks. And then tell me he's an asshole. Uh, let's talk about this. L- last year in the Giants, in one single game, the Giants' number one and number two receivers got hurt. Two games later, yeah. their number three receiver got yeah. hurt. Okay, they were left with literally nobody. Nothing. Um, Paul Perkins. Who's terrible? You gotta stop talking about Paul Perkins. Roger Lewis. Oh, right. Then our neighbor Roger, Bowling Green State University alum. That's my school. He was their number one receiver for a while, which means Evan Ingram was their number. Evan Ingram is a very talented, very athletic dude. Yeah. Undeniable. Like Eric Ebron. But the numbers we saw from him last year were an absolute and direct result. Of the three receiving options getting hurt. Well, Eli's on that number team. one option is going to be Odell Beckham. And his number two is going to be Sterling Shepard. Correct. And his number three is going to be whatever other. Well, his number three is going to be Wayne Gallman. His number four is going to be whatever other receiver they sign to this team. I, I agree with you. Evan Ingram's over. He's not number five tight end, folks. Last year, he was a necessity. He, he, he was outside the top 30 tight ends in catch rate. Outside the top 25 tight ends in catchable ball catch rate, okay, he was number one in tight ends in dropped passes. He dropped 11% of his targets. That's terrible. He was number 19 tight end in production premium, which I said earlier just pretty much says here's his value against every other player at that position in the normal... If that doesn't tell you that he's... Avoid Evan Ingram. I don't know what does. He's a he's a very talented, athletic guy who's... He's need, he needs some time to grow and develop. He'll be a great tight end for years to come, but he's not a tight end five in his second year. Alright, so let's go to the, the, the last team here in about four four seconds here because they're not a very good team. But I got so much to say. <laughs> the Redskins. Well, look at my notes. I read so yeah, much Yeah, you gotta to consolidate them here. Best potential value? I guess... I, I, I'm gonna consolidate this for you. I guess they're all value because no one no one likes any of these guys. They're all value because none of them are getting drafted. Go over Alex quickly. Smith is going as the quarterback 21. He was a QB4 last year. Here's a really interesting stat to me. Under their current coaches, last year the Chiefs threw the ball 543 times. Last year the Redskins threw the ball 540 times. So pretty similar. <laughs> but here's the interesting bit. That's the most pass attempts the Chiefs have had under Andy Reid. And is the least pass attempts the Redskins have had under Jay Gruden. Okay, each team averages, uh, the Chiefs average 518 pass attempts versus the Skins averaging 562. I say this to simply say 
Alex Smith goes from a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot to a team that does throw the ball a lot. I, he I, goes from a, he goes from finishing quarterback four on a team that doesn't throw the ball, ball a lot to apparently a quarterback 21 on a team that does throw the ball a lot. I think I compare uh, Alex Smith a little bit to Dak Prescott. Um, uh, any right situation you might play him. At 21, there's probably value there. Uh, I agree with you to yeah, that he's, degree. He, even though he finished quarterback but he, four but, last year. But he's year. a quarterback you can pr- you, you're going to be able to pick up on, and, and during weeks. I mean, I guess that's the point that I would yeah, tell you. Yeah, streaming. That when your quarterback's hurt or on, on his bye week, go on, you know, Dewey's nuts flyer of the week. Might I'll, be Alex Smith. I'll tell you this. I'm willing to draft Alex Smith at some point. Loser! to see Just to see if his production in the first few games matches his production last year. Because if it does then I don't have to worry about streaming a guy. But my expectation in drafting him late is that he won't stay on my roster, that he will be a streamer. At 21, I feel like there's value there. Uh, Chris Thompson is going at running back 40 right now. We know there's value there in a PPR league. He was awesome before he got injured last year. Yeah, I just don't like the idea of drafting him. Uh, Jamison Crowder is going at number 32 Jamison Crowder was a top 20 in yards after the catch each of the last two seasons. He was 11 last year as a wide receiver in yards after the catch. Top 20 in catchable catch rate. Top 10 in separation on each of his routes. He's a slot guy. He's going at wide receiver 32, which is the highest out of all these receivers. But I think there's value there. Josh Doxson, who I love. I think you like Josh Doxson as well. Josh Doxson was top 10 in the league. In end zone target share last year. They threw it to him in the end zone. He's got amazing metrics on player profiler. And yet he's going wide receiver 51. Paul Richardson, the newest guy here. The highest paid receiver on the team. The guy that presumably is being brought in to be somebody to catch a lot of passes. Is going wide receiver 66. Five years, $40 million means they're going to throw the ball to you. They're going to give you every opportunity to succeed. Okay, all you're giving all those guys value because of the, the how low their positions are. Yes. I'm just not sure I would want any of those guys on my team. Not a lot of them. I'd pick one. I will take As the last. What? I will take the last wide receiver out of those three being drafted on my team in, in my league. Any one of them. I don't care which one. I'll take the one that's being drafted last. After at what round? Two, what round would you take them? Whenever I'd need to. I'm not sure I'd go above two dollars and maybe three bucks, four bucks in Doxson maybe. Well, if you look at Richardson is going to sixty six in a snake draft, that's not more than a dollar. If you look at Doxson at fifty one, that's not more than two bucks in an auction. Well, I guess that's a question. How much? Yeah, I mean, at that dollar value, it might be worth it. Absolutely, one of these guys. Absolutely. Um, just just to compare something here for two seconds. Thompson only had thirty nine receptions compared to Alvin Kamara at eighty two. Thompson also played, what, 10 games? Yeah, maybe he gets hurt a lot. This is the first time he's missed significant time in his career. He's Chris Thompson. Yeah, he is. This is the first year he actually produced anything. That's not sure. I'm not so sure about that. 2016, he had three TDs, one fumble lost. He had a total of five TDs. 2015, two TDs. 2014, one TD. Not very good stats. Okay. All right. Uh, Most overvalued, Crowder and Reed. Uh, I, I put Crowder on here just because you have to put somebody on there. And he's uh, and like I said, I want the last guy. I want the last wide receiver from this team drafted. And he's going first by a significant margin. Whatever. You've got to put somebody on this list. Uh, he's a super prolific slot receiver in the league. He's got amazing hands. We know that he can catch. 
But you got to put somebody on there. 32 might be a little high for a guy. If Paul Richardson does come in and take a lot of targets away, Doxon's the the, the the end zone guy. He's a red zone guy. Maybe Crowder's stock drops a little bit. But really, the guy who's overvalued here for me, it's got to be Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's going at tight end eight right now. It's because when he plays, he produces. Oh, my God. He's amazing. There's no doubt in my mind that he could be a top three tight end year in and year out if he were to ever play 16 games. What are the chances? He's never played 16 games. Never. Zero. Never. If you get eight games, eight games out of him, that'd be surprising. If you get 12 games out of him, that's great. I think I would draft him as tight end eight if I knew I'd get 10 games out of him. Because I think he'll be yeah. able to produce in 10 games. In 10 enough. games, right. But I don't think you'll get 10 out of him. So I think I think you're lucky to get eight. I think it's too high just because the kid can't fucking stay on the field. Ever. Period. Alright. That is all the teams. I know. Two just, divisions. Let me give you stats of the week, buddy. Ooh, we got a stat of the week. Hang on, let's do the drop. Big Wiz and his stat of the week. Alright. Hit me um, with the stat of the week. See what I know. Stat of the week. I am I am uh, that bottle's a lot less full than it was when we started, but I'll try. Last year, the number one fantasy football player, the overall number one fantasy football player through the first seven weeks of the season, averaging 23.4 fantasy points per game, was who? In the first seven weeks. Seven weeks. Was it Alex Smith? Nope. Do, 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 and one of the teams we talked about? Over the final nine weeks of that season, he ranked 35th in that position. Ooh. Dak Prescott. 100% correct. Dak? Dak fucking Prescott. Um, yeah. Well, you think about now that I think back, it, right? It, like the first three or four weeks, Dallas went came out of the gate screaming. Screaming. He those first those first weeks he played with Zeke those last ones he did not I yeah. think I, I think he he's, and and that left tackle that, well and I think that I think that tells me something that Prescott plays a little better when when people can't load the when they have to load the box against Zeke when people aren't paying attention to him through Elliott's first twenty five games right in his career he's averaged eighteen point eight PPR points per game the only other running back ever. To average over 18 fantasy points a game is Hall of Famer Jim Brown. Are we doing a double stick? Wait, wait, hang on. You just said Jim Brown averaged a whole bunch of fantasy points a game? Obviously, they computed it. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> Analytics, uh, damn it. Yeah, that's why we both like Zeke, number one. I think that tells you that relationship of what Prescott means to that team and actually how important Elliot is. Here's the other thing that says to me, okay, as we're... Think about the time of the year we are right now. Two weeks away from the draft. Mm-hmm. Here's one of the things that says to me. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft coming out. This is a big quarterback draft yeah. class. It's supposed to be like one of the best ever. But it, it's outrageously important to look at the situation yeah. that they land in. Because Dak Prescott on most teams, as we saw in the last half of the year. Average. Eh, right? Average. But the, the situation he landed in with the running back class he landed with the with offensive the line, line he, he landed, landed in, yes. Amazing. Yep. So it's outrageously important to find out where these guys land 
uh, before you really make a determination. I know you love Baker Mayfield, but if he ends up on the Jets, so maybe the which en- is absolutely possible, so maybe the environment's actually more important than anything else. Maybe that I mean, I think that's what we're kind of saying is that maybe when we're talking about uh, offenses to go after, when we talk about Cam Meredith at forty six because of the, the how good the Saints are, yeah, that's probably where you should be drafting people at. So uh, at the very least. When you're looking at making projections and ranking your guys, to me, the first thing you should, the first measure you should look at is the team. You yeah. go beyond that and look at lots of other stuff, but the very first measure you need to look at is the team. Which is why I went to coaches to start with. Yeah. Boom, boom, tsh. What? Can, was, I just, was can that, I just do your drops for you? Was that a joke? No. But can I just do the drops for you? You are tone deaf, so. <laughs> you, you, bring, you bring your trumpet in here, you can do your drops for us. How's that? All right, cunt stains. Look, uh, we're going to leave. I am very drunk. My bottle is nearly empty, and it wasn't when we started. So thanks for listening. Look, don't forget, we are on Facebook. You're a football fantasy, at least for now, until our trademark dispute changes the name of that. Uh, you can catch me on Gmail, yourfootballfantasy at gmail.com. I am on Twitter, dweez, at dweeznuts, D-W-E-E-Z-N-U-T-Z. Go find us somewhere. I've been asking since we started this thing, and I haven't yet seen a whole lot of action from you fuckers. Go write us a review anywhere. Please write us a review. Do it anywhere. We're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Podbean. We're on on every podcast platform you can find. So go subscribe to the podcast. Let let the world know what you think of us. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Big whiz. Fuck off, assholes. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Do us a favor by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, and share our Facebook page. And leave reviews everywhere to let people know just how much you love us. We'll see you back next week to make more of your fantasies come true.